0: Hello, listeners of A Year Ago Today. I'm your host, Tyla Fowler, and I'm so thrilled to be here with you. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a few weeks since I released an episode, and I'm gonna tell you why. (laughs) I have been experiencing such an incredible upheaval in my personal life. Uh, My beloved partner of five years, Matt, and I have decided to take a step back from our partnership. And he has moved out of the apartment that we've lived in together for six years now. Uh, So for those of you who don't know our story, Matt and I were roommates for a year before we began dating. And we've been dating for five years. So that's our story in a nutshell. We are now taking some space, and as you can imagine, that has rocked my world. I have been experiencing a lot of deep grief and processing a lot, a lot of feelings um, around this situation and also around a lot of other things that I've moved through in my life. It's so interesting how when we allow ourselves to process the grief that's present for us, we also sometimes have access to old grief that is surfacing to be looked at in a new light from a new vantage point from who we are today and what we understand today. So I've been doing a lot of deep, deep healing work. And it was interesting because right at the beginning of this um, separation from Matt, I was really like pushing to try to keep the podcast moving and I was recording things and then I kept having all these crazy technical difficulties where like there was one point where and this has never happened before, I was like almost all the way through a recording and then looked at it and the internet wasn't connected, which meant the audio didn't save, or at least it didn't save all of it, save part of it. And then another time I like got to the end of this 45 minute or like an hour long recording and right as I was wrapping up, my computer made the reboot noise and I was just like, what is going on? And it was interesting because I was trying so hard to force myself to show up And I was encountering so much technical resistance. And finally, I decided to kind of just surrender and be like, you know what, I'm just going to go dark for a couple weeks. It's okay to take a step back. Um, The interesting thing is all of the podcasting advice out there is like, if you want to be successful, you have to be consistent. If you're not releasing the same day every week, you're going to fail, basically. And so it was a big leap of faith for me to take a step back and to allow myself the time and space I needed to gather and center and ground and to be able to come back to this and start kind of anew. You know, I'm a new person, it feels like, (laughs) every day. (laughs) No, I just mean especially in these last couple of weeks. I've unearthed so much in my own soul and done so much deep grieving and gotten a lot clearer on what I want in life, in my relationships um, both friendships and partnerships and relationships with family Um, so yeah, that's where I've been there's something really interesting going on right now that I want to speak to which is that this episode that's coming out today featuring my incredible mother, Tamara Curtis uh, was recorded on March 27th, so At this point, following this episode, I have 12 more episodes that I recorded between March 27th and today, and so much has happened and shifted in my life since the time of these recordings that it's going to be really interesting because I do intend to still release recordings once a week, every Thursday, which means... By the time we get to the episode that I recorded this morning with my friend Julia Kamita, it's going to be August. (laughs) So it's really interesting because it's kind of going to be this like delayed release um, around the story of my breakup. You know, because as I'm recording these episodes, I'm speaking with my guests about what's present for me now. So... It's going to be really, really interesting to release these in kind of a slow burn way and to allow people who are out there listening to kind of observe the evolution. And you'll be able to hear. I mean, if you've been listening already, I've been speaking to a lot of the tension that's come up around um, my fear of visibility and what it's meant to stand more strongly in what I believe and be more vocal about what I believe and the pushback that I've been receiving Um, mostly from members of uh, Matt's family and I've spoken to the fact that I'm kind of scared about what that might mean for us and it's interesting because Matt's family's feelings about me have most definitely played a part in this rupture that we're experiencing I definitely wouldn't go so far as to say that that's the sole reason it's much deeper and much more complicated Uh, At the same time, it has been a big contributing factor that I, you know, no matter, (laughs) it feels like no matter what I do, I tend to rub his family the wrong way. And I'm really, really terribly sorry about that. However, I don't know how to get around it. I'm pretty committed to being myself. And that's a problem for some people. So that's enough about that. (laughs) This episode was interesting to record uh you'll notice that we get off to kind of a tense start and I think that part of the reason is because the subject that my mom and I are talking about in here is really really tender we had a huge fight a year ago today from when this episode was recorded and it was hard to live it the first time, and I think it was challenging for both of us to come into a space to have an honest conversation about what happened, though I'm so grateful that I have the kind of relationship with my mother where we're able to do that. I think to have a relationship with your parents where you view each other as equal and as adults, and you can come to the table, and you can own your own shit, (laughs) both of you, and really respect one another and allow space for one another's growth is a really, it's a rare thing. I know I'm blessed to have that in my, in my relationship with my mother. And if you have that kind of relationship with anyone in your family, I hope that you realize how blessed you are to have that. Uh, listening back to this episode was challenging for me. It really illuminated a lot of what, well, it was wonderful, I was awed by my mother and by her grace and her wisdom, and I found myself annoyed with myself when I was listening back to it, and it was interesting because it really kind of illuminated the mother-child dynamic that exists between my mom and I, which is that I'm very much like, me, 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 look at me, mom, look at me, let's talk about me, and uh, you can hear that in the recording, and you can also hear there are some times when I am not fully present to the intensity or the magnitude. I guess those are kind of synonyms, um, but magnitude feels like a better word. To the magnitude of what my mom is feeling, there are parts in this recording where when I was listening back, I could hear so much emotion in her voice. And as the host of this show... I like to do a better job holding space for my guests emotions than I feel that I did for my mother in this episode. Um, Like I said, I've recorded 12 more episodes since then and it's really been a major focus of mine to hold space more intentionally and to be much more sensitive in that regard the interesting thing is that making this podcast is such a learning curve for me, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm figuring this out as I go, and it's super humbling to listen back and say, oh, wow, like, I am not necessarily a 100% proud of the job that I did as the host in this, um, in this particular conversation, uh, and to also let that be okay and to have compassion for myself you know it's like i have learned a way of being inside my relationship with my mother and recording the conversation and listening back to it really supported the illumination of that dynamic and now that i can see that dynamic clearly it's my hope that i'll be able to hold even more space for her going forward when she's in an emotional state when there's grief and tenderness that Wants to be present and that needs space held So hmm, What else do I need to tell you? The sound quality on this episode is not great I have since gotten a new microphone And so I'm just going to ask you to keep bearing with me right now on the audio Uh, I'm You know, some people might be like i'm not going to release the episode because the audio quality is not great however I really want this content out there. So I'm going to release the episode regardless. Um, As of the time of recording this, I'm not sure if my mother has a place that she would like people directed to find her online, on the website or whatever. So I'm going to ask her that. And if there is a place she is open to receiving followers, I will put that in the show notes. Uh, I will also say that I have been broadcasting my life experience pretty non-stop on Instagram um, as I've been moving through this separation from Matt and trying to take care of myself in that kind of putting I've kind of been using Instagram stories as a personal journal so if you're not following me on Instagram and you're interested in that my handle is just my name Tyler Fowler and I would love um, I would love if you wanted to follow along I guess that's it for now I hope that you enjoy this episode and if something resonates for you, it would really mean a lot for me to hear about that. <laughs> it's it's feeling challenging in this moment to continue pursuing creative work that is not yet um, giving me returns that I can see in my life, like tangible returns. And... So, I'm open to tangible returns. If you want to reach out to me and let me know what this or any episode has meant to you or encourage me to keep going, I appreciate that. You can email a year ago podcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow the podcast on social media. The handle is a year ago podcast. Okay, that's all. Enjoy today's episode. With me this morning. Thank you for asking me. This is so fun. You were the second ever podcast guest, and we've intended to have you back on. And every time that's been supposed to happen, something <laughs> is <laughs> some sort of resistance has come up to prevent us from recording or releasing. Which is interesting. So now that Sally and I have made this shift and I'm hosting solo and it was funny because I know you had asked me about like, are we going to have any technical difficulties? Because that's what's happened in the past. (laughs) And I was like, no, it's going to be totally fine. And it was. I love it. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Well, let's not beat around the bush. (laughs) Okay. Can you tell Ready, everybody? set, go. Yeah, ready, set, go. Um, what was going on a year ago today, please? Well,
1: you know, a year ago
0: today,
1: I had had one of the best days and best weeks of my life, um, sitting on a beach in Mexico, and sharing that space with my beautiful daughter. That's me. And I, I was uh, really, really excited about an upcoming uh, training event slash retreat that we were going to be moving into the next day, and was very proud. Of myself, for having given myself the gift of the time before the retreat to really prep for it in terms of being relaxed and rested and ready to go into it just in what felt like such a peaceful and serene place. And then You and I started having a conversation that I really do not even remember how it actually started or what was said Mm -hmm. that led us into a huge clearing of some old, um, really intense energy that had been buried and not dealt with between us concerning when you left home and went to college instead of going to dance in L.A. as your dad and I had expected you to.
0: Mm. That was a, you know, usually it's like a year ago today, uh, like so-and-so died or like I met so-and-so or, you know, it's like that wasn't, such a simple one to summarize. I'm sorry, you're cutting in and out on me. Oh, I said that that wasn't such a simple thing to summarize.
1: No, it wasn't, and I... (laughs) I said it more simply,
0: you and I had a huge clearing a year
1: ago today. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. And as people will know if they've been listening, (laughs) sometimes we use, like we don't use the word fight. (laughs) I I was talking the other day on an episode with Marlo Holden, and we were talking about having a relationship growth spurt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had a big one that night, if that's what you
1: call it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So now that we've set the scene a little bit and grounded people, you know, in the framework of what we're talking about, I'm going to invite you to take a couple of deep breaths and then from whatever point of that growth spurt is most alive for you to go into that and when you've landed to share with me in one word how you were feeling.
1: shell-shocked Ooh.
0: is that a vibration on your phone? <laughs> yeah,
1: I'll turn the phone completely off
0: <laughs> yeah um, that was a pretty nice little accent though shell-shocked followed by a literal vibration in our <laughs> uh-huh
1: it was ah. a big vibration mm-hmm. kind
0: of like an earthquake for me that night Mm. -hmm. That's so interesting. Well, it feels good to say up front to everyone that this, we hadn't really planned to record an episode about this growth spurt until the other night I was sharing with you some things around the podcast. You know, you've really been holding space for me inside the creation of this new energy and you know I think whenever you're holding space for someone as they create something there's a lot of mutual growth that happens and you're obviously going through your own whole evolution and growth journey and you shared with me some information that was so directly tied to this experience that we had that it felt Like, if we didn't record an episode, we would somehow be doing ourselves and the universe a disservice. And I also know that this is a challenging thing to go back into and to talk about. So again, I want to thank you for being here with me.
1: I am glad to be here with you. And yeah, I'm a little surprised at how emotional it still is.
0: Yeah. Well, let's dive into that. You know, I don't have any agenda, really, for how this conversation goes. I would like for us to get to the thing that you shared with me the other night. Um, Mm -hmm. Does it feel good to start there, or would you like to start with just talking about how you feel? Sure. Or Um, do I need to tell people the context of the fight? (laughs) That might be helpful for them. Okay. So... This is my story, as I understand it, and I am completely aware <laughs> that my perception and my experience is not necessarily fully grounded in that truth of reality. You know, um, mom, can you, if you're gonna like water bottle it up or anything, um, just there's a little mute button. Okay. Your name. Okay. Ah. <sighs> okay. So. I used to dance and I thought I was going to, it was my dream to move to LA after high school and pursue a career in dance. I knew it was a long shot. However, I also felt incredibly passionate. However, as the time to make decisions about my life after high school got, you know, shorter and shorter. I really began to feel like, despite the fact that that was my dream, it wasn't not, that I wasn't fully supported in pursuing it. You know, the messages that I internalized around my dancing were, you're great and we believe in you, but we're also really worried about you because you don't seem to have a backup plan and what happens if you get injured and you won't have health insurance and we're not prepared to support you financially while you do this. And there's no scholarships really, or there are scholarships, but you're potentially less likely to get a scholarship for dance than you are for academics. (laughs) And anyway, it was just these two drastically different lives that were in front of me. And I basically chickened out. I chickened out and I decided to go to a really good school instead of dancing and In doing that, I now realize it was a huge rejection of myself and of my passion and of my creative energy, and that rejection of myself contributed to me feeling like I wasn't worthy of passion and like I was worthless, and, you know, it's like a whole shame spiral that came from the decision to abandon my desire to dance in order to pursue what I felt like Everybody else wanted me to pursue. And so going into this conversation with you last year, I was finally ready to share with you my feelings around how unsupported I had felt and to express some of the anger and blame that I felt toward you and dad around not supporting me the way I would have liked to be supported inside pursuing my passion. Does that cover it?
1: <laughs> I think it does. Um, yeah. Is that a fair accounting? <laughs> From your perspective? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> uh, yeah. I had been uh, very, very frustrated as a mom when all of a sudden, you decided to go to Duke and when we questioned you, I mean it was it was just so... Sudden, and so Adam, you were so adamant. This is where I'm supposed to go. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I remember it's it's really kind of interesting because shell shocked is is kind of the same feeling that I had then when you were making the decision. In that, your dad and I had supported you through dance from the time that you were very young, and you had spent summers in L.A. dancing at the Edge and taking classes, and we had even gone so far as to go out and look at schools on the the school there in L.A. And um, so I was... Your decision to go to Duke felt like it came out of left field for your dad and I. And we kept looking at each other going, what's happening? We thought she wanted to dance. What's happening? And it was very frustrating for us at that point as parents because We had supported you in dance for so long in all the ways that we knew how in the moment that to have you do such a one hundred eighty on us completely threw us for a loop. And anytime I tried to talk to you about it, what was the reasoning, what was why had you changed your mind, you pretty much shut me down. You didn't You wouldn't talk about it. You just made a decision that Duke was yet, and that was what was going to (laughs) happen.
0: I think that's like a big warning sign. If there's ever something that I refuse to talk about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I know that now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm also thinking about, um, well, we don't need to go into that now. (laughs) At the same time. Yeah, at the
1: same time, you have always been intuitive. And one of the things that you said when I pushed you for the, I don't know how many times, (laughs) was you just looked at me and you said, Mom, I just know that's where I'm supposed to be.
0: And like, it was how do you argue that, with
1: that? <laughs> yeah, and it was it was at that moment that I went, whoa. And I backed off. And that was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. Because I I just didn't understand how You could flip that switch unless something had happened and you really did know. And if that was the case, for us to not trust you and support you in that knowing was not supporting you either.
0: Yeah, I mean, your hands are tied.
1: Yeah, as a parent, you're pretty much damned if you do and damned if you don't anyway,
0: so... (laughs) oh Uh, I mean the interesting thing is I don't really remember the part about you like questioning me about the decision like that part Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of memory of I'm sure it happened and I'm sure Mm -hmm. that I was just like you know what I've decided and I don't want to talk about it um and I'm also sure that I wasn't lying you know, oh, no. it's not like in my head as a seventeen-year-old, I was like, "You know what? I'm not feeling supported enough to pursue my dreams, and I'm terrified that I'm not good enough." Which is about me; it has nothing to do with my parents. You know, uh-huh. um, you know, an academic path did feel like a safer option, and my intellect has always been my main source of confidence. So. And Duke did align, you know, it's like, it did feel like if I was going to follow plan B that Duke was exactly where I was supposed to be, Uh you know, so there's all this paradox inside the experience. And even like, as we talk about it now, I'm like, well, Duke was where I was supposed to be. I wouldn't, (laughs) you know, I wouldn't go back and change, (laughs) I wouldn't go back and change any of this experience. Oh, and as I say that, I'm like, you know, but if I had another life to live, (laughs) which is so interesting, I might've, I might've tried, you know, I just was too scared. And I, I really wanted you because
1: Duke wanted you as much as they did. I really wanted you to ask them to give you a year deferral to go do your dance thing and see what happened and still have your Duke in reserve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And And, again,
1: you just, you didn't want to do that.
0: You didn't even want to ask. It wasn't, it didn't feel like an option for me. It felt like I am choosing one of these two lives. (laughs) And I really (laughs) felt like I couldn't have both. And I really also had to get I had to get the fuck out of Clovis, New Mexico. <laughs>
1: well, I knew Not that. that. A, I always knew that. You but know. you were going to get out of Clovis either way.
0: Yeah, I needed to go far. <laughs> you know, it's like well, I, Duke and LA
1: are one end of the other. <laughs> I
0: know, I know, and that's the thing. Is like, I was looking for an escape. That's really what it felt like. It was like, I was looking for an escape and dance had always been. Now I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Ah. I hope that Courtney Lou listens to this episode. She and I, we recorded an episode with her in the first season all about dance. Um, Anyway, I had always, dance had always been the escape for me. Um, But it's like, I didn't feel totally safe there. You know, I really, really also have since recognized that part of the reason it was hard for me to feel safe in dance has to do with like some messages I'd received around my sexuality and around being fully embodied and me being scared of my power when I was embodied. So it was like this choice between like step into this full embodiment by pursuing your dream. And maybe you'll make it, and maybe you won't. It was, like, a very uncertain path. Or it was, like, go to a really good school where you know you're going to succeed. And then I had that, like, mistaken belief that if you went to a really good school and did well, that you would be set for life in terms of, like, having a career and a job. And we all know that's not how that has worked out for me, (laughs) Uh, which is okay. It's interesting because I thought I was choosing this much safer path. And... (laughs) Everything's still been a little bit of a mess, you know, it's not like, I was very naive.
1: That goes with graduating high school and, and leaving home and heading out into the world. Um, It's, it's always interesting to me when people do know or think they know exactly what they want to do and what their direction is. I think that there are an awful lot of us who don't know when we head out to college or head out of high school into a new life what it is we want.
0: It's incredible you say that because it really feels like what I did was abandon my knowing. You know, because then I got to Duke and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And that's the space I've been in for, what, 10 years now? <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when I let go of dance, which was the thing that had totally angered me my whole life through everything, I felt totally lost. And I feel like I'm just now finally starting to discover firm ground under my feet again.
1: Well, and the... When this clearing happened for us this time last year, what was... I was not prepared for the depth and ferocity of your anger. And I was really not prepared for my own. I had so much compassion for you and at the same time I was so angry at you for not saying what you wanted, and at myself for not continuing to push and dig and chisel into it. Oh. Boy. And it was also interesting that. I had been fully prepared to spend that week prior to the retreat alone, and I was really excited and loved the fact that we were experiencing that time together. But I had a really clear picture of how I wanted to go into that retreat emotionally and mentally. And so for me, there was also an element of anger in the fact that it's the night before we're moving to the retreat the next day. And this huge, huge emotional monster is breaking is what it felt like to me is breaking loose. So that, that was, that was, um, challenging. As you say, what a growth spurt yeah. opened up for all kinds of new things to be moved and, and happen through the next week. Yeah.
0: Well, there's a really interesting element at play here that, feels very alive for me. And that's the element of being angry at your child. You know, because you mentioned, like, you were... Yeah, that was really weird. ...shell-shocked when I made the initial decision. And I think there was some anger there that I wouldn't talk to you about it, probably. Oh, definitely. And then there was this anger about the fact that, like, I can't believe you're bringing this up now. Which I don't know if I brought it up, or I think it probably just came up. I don't think I was like, we're going to have this fight right now. (laughs) (laughs) It just came up naturally between us. (sighs) However, it's the other thing that's really present for me around that is like when you talk about a minute ago, you said you were so angry at me this time ago last year. Time ago, that's not a real phrase. This time (laughs) last year, (laughs) Um, that you were so angry at me for not speaking up about what I wanted. And I'm gonna share with you what came into my head as you said that, and trust that you will receive this (laughs) in the spirit in which it's intended, which is an expansive conversation opening spirit. However, when we talk about, like, I was so mad at you for not speaking up about what you wanted, my my first thought was, <laughs> where do you think I learned that, you know? Gosh, I wish that weren't so true. <laughs> like, I'm. I think we're both so much better now about standing in the truth of our desires and speaking for what we want. However, I do believe I probably learned that conditioning from you, and you probably learned that conditioning from your mother, and not just that, but also from, like, all of society that is subconsciously telling not just women, but all humans at all times that it's not okay to want what you want, and it's definitely not okay to stand up for it, if it's gonna make waves. True.
1: True. And... The one thing that I do so clearly remember is as much as I wanted to leave home and I was ready to leave home when it was time to, when I graduated high school, I was terrified. So knowing that you're feeling that as well, which I did, and I was totally aware at the time. But I think that's one of the things that in our conversation really brought out the depth of the anger in me at myself for not continuing to push to get to the bottom of what was going on with you. And I was not prepared at all for the anger I felt at you. That's not something I started to say, it's not something I've experienced before, but that's not true because I did experience it even at the time of my my frustration and anger and not being able to understand and you not being able to say what was going on. But I didn't realize it was so deep.
0: I want to bring something up, and it almost came up a minute ago, and I stopped myself. What's that? However, it feels really relevant, is that whew, I'm going to say a thing publicly right now that I've not talked about publicly before, mm-hmm. um, that when I was little, like somewhere between the ages of seven and nine, there was a male relative who uh, made inappropriate sexual advances toward me and then paid me not to tell anybody and that energy feels so similar because when that finally came out a few years later when I finally did say this thing happened and this is why I don't feel comfortable having this person touch me is really (laughs) you know how it came out we were like being asked to pose for a photo and dad was kind of like why aren't you? why are you being so weird? You know, and wouldn't get off my back about it. And then I finally told him Uh and that feels like almost the exact same energy because you have shared with me since that, like, even in that instance, it was the same feeling of like knowing something was going on with me, asking me about it and me not sharing openly around what I was experiencing. And then you letting it go, and then finding out later what a big deal it had been.
1: Well, and and the big thing is the anger at myself for not trusting myself.
0: Right, and that's so alive in both of these instances, right? Yeah, very much. That said, you can't force something out of someone, you know? It's interesting, the words that you were choosing a few moments ago were like chisel and push. And, you know, it's like (laughs) drilling down, like forcing Mm -hmm. your child to give you an answer about what's going on. Like, I don't think that that necessarily would have worked. Well,
1: certainly loving and coaxing didn't do it. So (laughs) that energy certainly didn't pull it out. So. (laughs) Mm. lots of intensity around all that Mm
0: -hmm. I've been thinking a lot lately about having kids
1: good (laughs) good yeah you're like hurry up
0: (laughs) um you know, it is really one thing that's hold- not holding me back. Oh, did you hear me stutter? <laughs> holding me back. <laughs> I did. <laughs> a fear that I have that I'm moving through right now is um, the fear that I'm going to pass on deep subconscious patterning to a child that I don't want to pass on and that I'm going to somehow, like, fuck them up. And then they're going to be mad at me and I'm going to be mad at them because they are reflecting to me everything I hate about myself because they pick up my own patterning, you know? And it's like, I'm not sure I'm ready for that kind of a mirror in my life. I mean, I am, I am ready for that kind of mirror in my life and everybody can be that kind of a mirror. However, it's particularly vulnerable when it's a human that you have created with your own body. I'm imagining. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, it is. And it's also one of the best experiences of your life.
0: Okay, so speaking of deep subconscious patterning. Yes? Can can we talk now about the thing that you discovered in this, like, last week um, around the whole... Dancing experience and what kind of subconscious messaging I might have been receiving from you and dad? I have been receiving
1: so much in the last week. (laughs) (laughs) Time around this portal. Uh, Are you referring back to when I was talking to you about the plan A and plan B? Yes,
0: I am. And I'm also, I would love to hear, I think that's all you shared with me. However, I would love for you to share absolutely anything you feel called to share that's been coming through because there's so much in this energy, I think for both of us and for everyone who's listening. So feel free. Okay.
1: I was listening to a podcast earlier in the week and during the podcast, the conversation, um, or the the podcaster was talking about the fact that when we want to accomplish something, um, that a lot of us, culturally, have been schooled to believe that there has to be a plan B for the things that we want to do, and. He was talking specifically about how when we feel like we have to have a fallback plan or when we create a a fallback or a plan B, how much energy that draws away from the plan that is our passion, that is our love, that is what we really, really want to create. So anyway, as he was talking about all of that, I... For the first time, I understood how you did not feel supported because we were concerned enough as parents that we felt like you needed a plan B that made you feel like we didn't support plan A, which really was not the case for us. We did. We wanted you to follow your passion. That's why we would poured the time and the effort and the money that we had into it for all those years prior.
0: So much of all of those things. <laughs>
1: so much. So much. And it just made me sad to understand that all the time we... Thought that you understood that the support was there, that whatever you did, we'd figure it out. Our concern about that plan B, and you throwing away a scholarship to a great school, or one of those kinds of things, if it if you if you didn't make that choice. Um, it just came through really, really loud and clear to me that in our effort to be good parents, to have you looking at all the alternatives, to be making a really good choice, that when we were loving and supporting you so much for so long in your passion, that in the end, it wasn't enough. And that was just hearing it the way I heard it on the podcast I was listening to just really, really brought home to me that that was what had happened. That everybody was doing their best and supporting in the best way we knew in the moment. But that and not encouraging you to stick to that passion plan regardless of whatever or other thoughts you were having how we had undermined you so anyway it was it was just it was a different way of hearing and in a way for me to clearly see what happened And it was a big release moment in understanding to forgive myself and your dad for not being there for you the way you needed us to be there. And it also made me look at my own life and the tendency to settle for safe. And as you say, then for that not to really be that at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're like, this was supposed to be the safe path. Why don't I have money? Why am I alone? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, all that. Mm -hmm. It's so, you know, it's so funny because, not funny, I don't know if that's the correct word. Fascinating. You know, last year when we had our big blowout fight, I said all the things I needed to say. And by the time we went to bed that night, I was like, I have cleared the anger and the blame around this. You know, I have, I have moved through the anger and the blame. And I feel like that was really true. However, when you shared this with me the other night about this thing where it's like we emphasized so heavily the fact that you needed to have a plan B, that it subconsciously really made you believe that plan A wasn't a viable plan, um, is how I heard it, that I was like, oh my God. That's so true. That's the most true thing I've ever heard in my life. And at the same time, I don't have any anger around that. I only feel compassion because it's like, you guys were just afraid. (laughs) You were afraid. I was already afraid that I wasn't good enough to make it as a dancer. And I had been receiving mixed messages around that my whole life. Um, You know, I often receive the reflection of my talent. And I also... You know, I had a dance teacher who, because of her patterning, (laughs) didn't know how to nourish talent and how to nourish kids as they were growing up. You know, that's not what our dance studio was about. It wasn't about supporting dancers and being empowered in their expression. It was much more about, like, an internal popularity contest and... I feel like there was important support that was withheld from me at times, you know, so I had a deep seated self doubt already. And then I think that's the crazy thing about these subconscious beliefs we transmit to the people we love. It's like, you didn't realize how powerfully I could feel your fear, both you and that. And how powerfully that, my own fear of not being enough
1: we magnified it for each other Mm -hmm. which is so interesting because we knew you could do whatever you decided to do
0: It would be so interesting to be able to talk to dad about all this, too, because when I feel into fear, <laughs> you know, so much of the fear that I feel was his. And Expand also, on that more? Yeah, I'm like, he had such a deep belief in academia, you know? Mm-hmm. And... That's
1: where his passion was.
0: That's where his passion was. And I feel like that's where he wanted my passion to be. Like, that's how it felt. Mm. It felt like if I was as smart as I was supposed to be, I would be taking this path toward <laughs> <my> <laughs> academic life. <laughs> you know? I'm like... I mean, that's not a surprise. I was in, he was a professor and I was listening to his college lectures when I was four years old. I would like go with him to class, you know? Right. I've right. been so deeply steeped in academia my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, all these different factors. Yeah. It's so funny because you say that
1: and, and I I can just see his face when we're sitting across the table, looking at each other going. What happened to dance? What's happening? (laughs) Just such total disbelief, you know? (laughs) What's happening?
0: I'm wondering what's most present around this whole experience for you now, you know, we had the big fight, Growth Spurt, a year ago, where we really like both communicated around our anger and the feelings of blame that we had. And you know, it sounds like we've both really integrated some new understanding around the subconscious forces that were at play that <laughs> nobody had control over. You know, it's like nobody at that point in our lives, n- none of us had a handle on, it feels like mm-hmm. the kind of the kind of techniques that we do now for being like, oh, look, as little subconscious thing's going on here that's affecting my decision making. Maybe I should take a look at it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm wondering what's most present for you now in like reflecting on all of this.
1: One of the things that's most present and that I came to in our clearing process and following it because you were saying you let go of the anger and, and, and that everything was fine, I cried all night. And it took me longer to clear that. And I think, as we've already talked about, it was because there was so much more present in that that went so much deeper and had shown up in other places that even then I didn't understand how much I was clearing and letting go of. And what's so present for me now is that there's such a peace about all of it. And... For me, there also is a deep relief in stepping back with my hands off and releasing control and going, you know, bottom line, we all choose. Right or wrong, I made my decisions when I left home. There are no wrong decisions. You made yours. And what's present for me now is just what exciting places it's brought us to. Mm -hmm. And how grateful I am above all else. How grateful I am that you and I have done a big part of this self-exploration and and personal growth journey together over the
0: last three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for anybody who wants to know more about that, my, my mom and I, <laughs> we both, um, a couple of years ago invested $20,000 in a mastermind program with a coach. And it's pretty highly unusual for a mother and a daughter, I think, to be in a mastermind together. And we did that. And that's episodes number two and three of this podcast. If you want to go back and listen to my experience in episode two and my mom's experience in episode three and making such a high dollar investment and talking about what it was like to do that together. And then as, as we've alluded to, we were in Mexico this time last year about to head into a retreat because we had invested in doing yet another mastermind together. (laughs) Um, and I love to talk about that just a little because I had already agreed to be a part of that mastermind. And I had told our coach, Caitlin Edgar, that I would only agree knowing that mom, knowing that you hadn't expressed interest in signing up for this particular mastermind. I, I like particularly look at me stuttering again. <laughs> I particularly did not want to do this together. And then a couple weeks later, Caitlin came to me and she was like, now your mom is interested. <laughs> and I love the way she handled it because she didn't tell me that the decision was up to me, but she did say, you know, I want you to weigh in on how you're feeling around this. And I was really like moved through all of my feelings around it within 15 minutes. And then I was like, you know what, if she's feeling called to be there, then she's clearly meant to be there and I'm not going to exit the container to make room for her. So I guess we're doing this one together, you know? And if we hadn't been in that container together, this particular clearing may not have happened between us. That's true. Because it was such a product of the fact that we were alone at this seaside villa together in Mexico for a few days that I think gave you and I the space to allow these energies to come out. So true. So I'm also deeply grateful for all of the deep spiritual and personal growth work that you and I have been brave enough to do in front of one another. That has
1: been challenging and enlightening and
0: beautiful. And messy sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like my whole life is messy as fuck, (laughs) to be honest. That's like my new... It's a hashtag I've been using lately, messy AF. Oh. And I think the really interesting interesting thing is, as I say that, I'm really present to another subconscious patterning that I think I probably picked up from you, which is that that mess is something to be hated or feared. And I think that that is another belief that you and I have both really, really been clearing in terms of like allowing things to be messy and even relishing in the mess and reveling in the mess, you know, and being like, ah, nothing looks the way I want it to look right now in this moment. However, (laughs) This life is such a work in progress. Such a work in progress. I like that. (laughs) Uh, Well, you'll be happy to know that right now in life, I don't have a plan B. I barely have a plan A, it feels like. (laughs) Um, However, the plan A that I do have, which is producing this podcast and inviting these challenging conversations is feeling really good it's feeling messy, it's also feeling really good
1: I am so excited about that I really am I am looking forward I know we're right on top of the release point for the new episodes and I can't wait to hear I know Um. you've already recorded several and I am really really excited because I know that This journey is going to be just as beautiful as the one you've been on.
0: I'm feeling called to ask you what you're opening up to right now is your plan A.
1: Interesting question, as I have really been Very focused, particularly over the last five or six weeks, to the very process of opening up. And I think one of the things that has really come forward for me and I, that goes back to why this Plan A and Plan B idea was so powerful for me is that somewhere along the line I have also allowed myself to drift away from my passion. I love energy work. I love working with people in a way that opens them up to their own passion and encourages them to pursue it. And while I have been talking about life coaching or energy coaching for a while now, I'm still not sure exactly what that looks like hmm. and I keep wanting to <laughs> back to those words the language we were talking about <laughs> <It's real> down <laughs> I want I want to I push it I, I actually I don't want to it's my tendency it's my my patterning to push it and I've really backed I've real in the past, and I've really, really backed off of that. And right now, I'm playing with it. I'm really allowing the clients that are coming in to me to uh, come into a container where there is no specific format. There is only an open, loving container for them to have a safe, really safe place to explore where they are and where they want to be. Mm. And fortunately for me, what comes through is lots of good questions to help them move into what they want.
0: I was gonna say it sounds plan like. A. go ahead. I was say it sounds like whatever whatever you just said about like holding a gorgeous container for safe space. You know, I was like, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what this podcast is meant to be. It's so we're so aligned. <laughs> we're so aligned. Right. Right.
1: Plan Plan A is staying open. Staying open. Mm-hmm. I
0: love that. I should. I want to write that on a big post-it. Plan A: Stay open. <laughs> That is the only plan. Wait, I have to tell you something really funny. This what? morning, somebody shared something on Facebook that made me laugh so hard. It's like a little video of Kermit the frog, mm-hmm. freaking out. <laughs> and the, the caption says, me panicking over due dates and then panicking over lack of time and then panicking because I'm panicking. <laughs> yes. That yes. feels like our old patterning. Yes. shared, our shared old patterning. <laughs> old being the keyword. hmm In the past, in the past. Now we don't panic, we just stay open and we show up for the conversation, even when we don't know where it's going to go. Trust. Mm-hmm.
1: Trust, trust. We have a card, each of us, that says, This is why. Mm, Yeah, this is why. And it is so amazing. I've even had a few little instances I'll tell you about later over the last few days where even in the littlest things, I turn and I look at my card and just laugh out loud. This is why.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like those moments where you follow your intuition and you have no idea why you're being called to do something. And then it becomes clear. I love Mm -hmm. that. This is why. Yes.
1: It sure is nice to be able
0: to have this conversation
1: on a much less intense level this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last year there was like screaming, not screaming. There was like some very, oh, you hear those horns outside? That's what, what it is. was like. It was like a traffic accident last year. Ugh. There was it was it was and, screeching and crying and
1: yeah. Other than over a boyfriend, I don't think we've ever had quite
0: a conversation like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, we don't have much to fight about because you're the most excellent mother in the world. So, well, you know, if you've got an excellent daughter, it makes it easy. <laughs> oh my gosh, people are like these two need to be quiet and get off the. Air. <laughs> Probably,
1: I think, I think we're at the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, that's, so is there anything else that's really super present for you that you want to share before I ask our couple of closing questions? Um, the only thing
1: that I did want to mention is that, um, I do not remember the specific episode, but the podcast that spurred our conversation about the plan A and plan B and what a plan B does to the energy of a plan A, that podcast was Rob Dial on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast.
0: Great. Right. So this isn't going to come out for like six weeks, but when it does come out, I will link to that specific episode in the show okay notes, if there's a way to do that I think there is yeah
1: I'll check I'll check and see if
0: I can specify for you what that was yeah and I guess I guess that's it okay so I'm gonna invite you now mom to put your hands over your heart and close your eyes begin taking a few deep nourishing breaths. And when you feel like you've really landed in the present, I'd love for you to share with me in one word how you're feeling.
1: Whole.
0: And if you could go back to a year ago today and speak directly to yourself from this moment, what would you say?
1: Breathe, it's gonna be okay. It was okay then, and it's gonna be okay. And trust yourself more, every day. Mm. Don't back off of your own knowing, trust yourself.
0: I love that. Well, thank you again so much for trusting me and trusting the people who are going to listen to this because this is some really tender and intimate stuff and I can't really begin to put into words how much I appreciate your willingness to show up here and be part of what I'm creating. It is my pleasure, daughter. I feel so supported. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much. Mm, I love you too. All right. Um, well, I guess that's, that's it. Do you want to say bye to everybody? Bye everyone. Thank you for listening
1: in. Keep doing it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Keep listening. Uh, we will put all of my mother's contact info and any info about what she's creating in the world in the show notes and on the website and all that. So if you want to follow up and learn more about my incredible mother and her work, I really invite you to do that. And then I guess the only thing left to say is is bye for now. <laughs> so bye for now. And bye, Mom. Bye, Tyler. <laughs>